Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper and welcome to episode 190 of the Life Made to Order podcast. A perspective to ease the pain of death. This is a topic that has been on the minds of many lately with our whole situation that's happening. And I've also been thinking about it a lot lately because as I shared in a previous podcast, so some of you may know this already, I shared that last May my mother was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And lately her health had taken a bit of a turn and a couple of weeks ago she was admitted into the hospital. She was in pretty bad shape and I was, I thought there was a very good chance that she may die. And I was trying to prepare myself for that reality. Uh, she was discharged a few days ago, but she was not well when she came home. And I was actually surprised that they let her out because she seemed to be in really bad shape. And she was saying she was having problems breathing. Uh, she had been diagnosed with lung cancer, which is thought of as a smoker's cancer, but she actually never smoked. So it was kind of even harder to deal with it because it tends to be one of the more aggressive cancers. But anyway... So she says she was having trouble breathing. She was not well. She could barely move. Again, I was surprised that she was even discharged in her condition. So she had to be brought back to the hospital uh, Saturday, Sunday evening. And today is Wednesday. Um, the day I'm recording this, it's Wednesday, end of April. So they ran a test on her because her symptoms were respiratory in nature. And she tested positive for coronavirus. Now, they originally tested her when she was admitted the first time two weeks prior and she was negative. I don't know for sure, but I strongly suspect that she had already had it and the test wasn't correct. But if that's not the case, then she picked it up while she was staying in the hospital for those like 11, 12 days. But anyway, she is in a condition where she is a prime candidate for serious and most likely fatal complications of the illness. Not only does she have cancer and is she older, but her cancer affects her lungs. Her respiratory health is already severely compromised. And here I am back to thinking her death might be very near when she was released from the hospital originally. I knew she wasn't in good shape, but I, I thought maybe, okay, there was a bit of, of a turn. But I realize now that um, even if she were to recover from the virus, the damage that that has probably done that her health had already taken a kind of a serious turn and there seemed to be a more rapid acceleration of her condition, I do still think that she will still be in a pretty bad way. And ultimately, I don't, not, I don't know what will happen, but I feel like her death is, is going to come sooner than later. Uh, it's like a piece of fruit that started to turn. <laughs> Once that process starts, you can't reverse it, and I feel like that's, that's kind of what's happening. So... I am obviously, again, thinking a lot about death because my mother is, there's a very good chance that she will die relatively in the relatively near future. Again, I could be wrong. You never know. But there's those miraculous turnarounds and, and uh, the people that really take charge of their health in these terminal phases and they have these these miracles, you know, they, they spiritual, emotional healing. I, from what I've observed thus far, I don't think that is her journey. But again, I could be wrong. But anyway, so between what's happening with this illness my mom being sick, death has been a, something I've been thinking a lot about lately. And one of the perspectives on it that helps me deal with it and make it less painful is not a perspective that will be brand new to you. I'm sure you've heard it a lot, but it's one of those things, like one of those kinds of ideas where we hear a lot of stuff, but we don't really think about it deeply. And it doesn't really, and it doesn't really take hold in our awareness in, a, in, a, in a, any real kind of way where we actually like 
draw on that way of thinking in a, in a challenging time is I truly believe that whenever any individual person makes that transition from this human life to back home, right? That's what all these people call it under deep hypnosis. When they talk about dying, they always say, right, they're going home. That's because who we really are is that spirit, that just pure consciousness. This is not home. This, this body, this is not who we really are, right? I truly believe that whenever that happens, that's exactly when it was supposed to happen. There was no mistake. Nothing went wrong. And the reason that this perspective can ease a lot of pain is, number one, the way us humans view death, we see it as the worst possible thing that could happen. It's something that we should try to avoid at all costs. Anything occurring that's making people die is a terrible, terrible thing that must be stopped and shouldn't be happening. Again, something went wrong. And to feel that way about a process, an aspect of our humanity that is the most universal of experiences, right? We talk a lot about universal human experience, things that a lot of people go through. It's like a, a, an aspect of humanity in general. Death is the most universal of them, right? Because no matter who you are, rich, poor, no matter your race, your religion, where you came from, how smart you are, any sexual orientation, gender identity, no matter what, who you are on that individual level, that's, we're all on deck for that, right? At some point in our lives. So to feel the way we feel about death, like it's this worst, the worst possible thing that could happen, the most uncontrollable aspect of our life. And then we try so hard to control it. And we have all these judgments about like when it should, what's right and all these things, right? We see that that line of thinking is going to cause us a lot of suffering because again, it's the most unavoidable thing. And to see something so unavoidable that's going to happen to everybody as the worst possible thing that could happen, right? We see the, that sort of thinking about it is going to create a lot of problems, and it's creating a lot of problems with in certain ways we're handling this current situation, which I won't get too into that, but you know, I'll talk a little bit about it. But anyway, so my point with that was if we view death as the worst possible thing that could happen to somebody, because it's the most painful thing, most of us, I think most of us would agree that's probably the most painful thing as humans that we experience is that that permanent loss of somebody, people that we care about. If we have any, so if this terrible thing happened, that's so terrible that we don't, that we want to avoid having to deal with for as long as possible, that we don't want to happen because it's so painful. If we have that perspective on death and then we view the death as somehow in some way it could have been prevented, something, uh, things could have gone another way and then it, it could have been avoided. It shouldn't have happened then and something went wrong. That's going to make the, the experiencing the grieving and all of that, it's going to make it exponentially more painful, right? Because we think this, the worst thing that could possibly happen to somebody, the worst pain that the people left behind could experience. And then if our mind has an idea that somehow the, the, the way it happened or when it happened, that it wasn't supposed to be that way, something went wrong. Again, th that the grieving of it is going to become much more intense and we're going to suffer a lot and it will be, it'll be much harder to move on from it. And uh, um, grief, and, and a lot of you may have experienced this or you know people, when we can't process death properly with such a, a traumatic experience, such a painful experience, and we can't move through it properly, that has very serious repercussions for our emotional health and our life. People shut themselves off from the world. They shut themselves off from other people. All sort right, substance abuse problems, all sorts of issues, right? 
So if we think, okay, when somebody dies, whenever they die, if that was exactly what was supposed to happen, then again, all of these, uh, the ways the mind tortures us with like uh, blaming somebody else for it, blaming yourself for it, blaming the other person. If you think if only they had made a different decision, then they'd still be alive. Because how many times do people talk about the person decided to do something, they made some kind of choice, and then that choice played a direct role in whatever the circumstances of their death. Somebody died on a human level, we view the death as the result of negligence or a poor decision or a, an improper action on the part of somebody else. And how painful is that to think this person was taken away when they shouldn't have been because of a drunk driver or a, a bad influence boyfriend that gave them drugs and they overdosed or a company was neglectful or negligent in some way about a product that they created or something on their property was was dangerous, right? And then the person died in some kind of accident. We uh, might you might blame yourself in certain ways and you think somehow it was your fault. Again, the drug addict thing is a good example. Maybe there was a, someone in your family, your child or a sibling or someone like that, a parent. They had a serious uh, substance abuse problem and their behavior was endangering you and your other family members somehow. Or the relationship was just so toxic that you you cut them off from your life. You stopped trying to help them. You stopped enabling them. And then they go out and uh, get some, right? And then they die of a, an overdose or something, right? Or they get involved with a bad crowd and something happens and you blame yourself because you think you feel partially responsible because you uh, weren't helping them or trying to be there for them. And then if you had made a different decision, then they might still be alive. And you carry that tremendous guilt of thinking, again, the worst possible thing that could happen to somebody is all your fault. Again, that's going to be very, very painful. With my mom, I remember one of the things I was first thinking was uh, the kind of an example of this with all the questions and, and what ifs or whatever. When uh, she when I first found out that she was diagnosed with uh, Corona, she uh, a doctor had originally talked about uh, some sort of trial with because they're, they're doing all these experimental treatments with all these different drugs to see if it has any effect on it. Right. And at first I was like and we're like, yeah, sure. You know, if you, it's worth a shot or whatever. But then they call back saying like, uh um, oh, she couldn't do it because something happened with the study. But then another doctor told me, well, generally, uh, it's too late now. Uh, she would have had to have gotten these medicines sooner to uh, have any chance of them possibly working. So, of course, a part of my mind went to, what if they misdiagnosed her and she had it already and then the test was wrong and she could have got that treatment earlier? And then uh, maybe uh, it could have, maybe she could be recovering or maybe she'd be feeling better by now and she'd be healthier. But then if I look at the perspective of we all die when we're supposed to die, and if this is her time, that if they misdiagnosed the illness originally, the test was wrong because someone didn't take the sample properly or the testing equipment was faulty, let's say. And again, I don't know for sure if this is what happened, but I just, I feel like her symptoms were very similar. And then again, I, I strongly suspect she was already sick with it. But again, right, I don't know that for sure. But this is just an example of how the mind thinks like if something had happened, again, going back to if we think that someone's neglect or a mistake on someone else's part led to this, the most terrible thing we can imagine. Imagine happening, happening again, grieving that death is going to be much more painful. But again, when we think of that perspective of everyone dies when they're supposed to die, then whatever the circumstances of that death that the mind will point to, to be like something went wrong somewhere. If along the way, this thing happened instead of this happened, or if that mistake wasn't made, or this person didn't decide to do this thing, 
then this person would still be here. And then we realize, right, all of that thinking starts to fall apart because it's like, well, if this is when they were supposed to go, it doesn't matter. The misdiagnosis doesn't matter. The medication error doesn't matter. The medical error during their surgery doesn't matter. That some other person did something that somehow directly contributed, at least on a human level, how the appearance of it. We're like, oh yeah, that's that it's nothing went wrong. That's when that person was supposed to go. So all of these reasons my mind is looking to to think somehow it could have been avoided, and that feels so terrible that this terrible thing could have been avoided. And I'm torturing myself with all of those what ifs and imagining things that could have turned out differently, being angry with myself, being angry with the person or being angry with this other person that I, on a human level, they appear to be responsible and then having all of this anger towards them for taking away this person I love. Again, all of that starts to just fall apart because we realize, okay, if this was when they were supposed to go. This is when it was supposed to happen. And none of that stuff mattered. If it was supposed to go any other way. That's the way it would have went. If the person was supposed to survive, then they wouldn't have been misdiagnosed. There wouldn't have been the the error. They wouldn't have gotten in the car accident. They wouldn't have taken that overdose of drugs or whatever it is, right? So again, that, that perspective eases so much pain because there are so many, short of somebody old, like very old dying, either naturally or some kind of illness when we would expect an older person to get sick and die. And it's not some tragedy. And it's like a very natural, a lot of people die that way. Anything short of that, there's probably at least one aspect of the, of a person's death where we could look at it and look at it and be like, something went wrong. Something, this thing or that thing shouldn't have happened. If only this thing had happened, they'd still be here now. And that just tortures us because we're dealing with, you know, again, the, 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 one of the most painful experiences there is to deal with. We think it's the worst possible thing that could happen. And because, right, somebody dies, it's this very permanent, that's it. There's no reversing that, that course of events. And that permanence of it, it it's very hard to take. And, and when we torture ourselves with this idea that it, it shouldn't have happened now, something went wrong, there was some sort of mistake, it's somebody else's fault, and they did this thing or that thing, and they and they ended up, they contributed to the death of this person, oh my god, it's so terrible. But if we look at it like everyone dies, whenever they died, that was exactly when they were supposed to die, it's much easier to, to be at peace with, with what happened, because you realize no matter what the circumstance was, it, that that was just the time and it was going to happen no matter what and nothing went wrong. And all the things your mind will point to that it thinks went wrong or things could have been different or should have been different or this person shouldn't have done that or the person did this thing and they shouldn't have done that and it made them die. All of that, it just fades away. And what will fade away along with it is all of the emotional suffering that comes with looking at it that way of thinking something went wrong. It wasn't supposed to happen because right now, especially with the the stuff with the virus and all of that, Right. It's this new disease that never existed before. It spread rapidly all over the world and all these people are sick and all these people died. I don't know the however many people died, you know, worldwide or whatever. And so there's a very that judgment of like something went wrong. This shouldn't be happening. It's particularly strong. We think all the people that have are dying of this right now, they shouldn't be dying. This shouldn't be happening. And we think if we were to break down that reasoning, well, why shouldn't it be happening? There's really, it's be like, essentially it will boil down to, because it's never happened before. 
people are like, this isn't that hasn't happened, which it kind of has happened before. Like there were other illnesses, like the, that flu of what, 1918 or oh, many more people died than are dying of this. Right. So essentially it'll boil down to, well, at least in modern time, we haven't had to deal with it. So I think people are kind of not looking that far back. They're thinking just so our own kind of gender or, or the lifespan and the experience of people that are currently alive for the most part. Never have. Well, it's never happened before. This many people have never died from any other illness, whatever, right? So it comes down to basically because it's never happened before, so it shouldn't be happening now. And essentially, if we were to keep paring down the whys of why, it will essentially come down to our mind will be like, well, it feels bad. The worst possible thing that could happen is death. It's the ultimate tragedy. And this is making people die, so it shouldn't be happening. Because anything that makes people die is a bad thing and something has gone wrong. And if we, again, if we have that perspective of everyone dies when they're supposed to die, then you're not going to see it that way because you're like, okay, everyone that's dying of this, just like anything else people die of, all the other illnesses and ways people die, accidents and and medication errors and and medical error and all these, the countless ways, right? It's, It's the same thing. It's like, oh, this was their time. So if my mom were to die officially of coronavirus... I wouldn't look at it like I wouldn't see her death from that as any more upsetting or tragic than if she died ultimately from her cancer or if she had a heart attack or she had some other health problem that would possibly complicate her health and and make her more likely to die or a random accident or something completely unexpected. To me, there's not any difference because I won't I don't see it like this terrible illness came along and made my mom sick and now she's going to die of it. And that wasn't supposed to happen. I believe that her time, whenever her time is, that's when it's supposed to be. And if it's from this, that's what was supposed to happen. Nothing went wrong. I don't see her as being a victim of this terrible thing that shouldn't have happened, that she shouldn't have died and she should still be alive. That's not really my judgment to make definitively like that, right? It's none of ours, really. And I know a perspective like this is hard because... On a mind level, a human level, again, because we see death as this terrible thing... And for people to die young or to die in in ways that are more like emotionally charged, like a terrorist attack or uh, a child dying or someone being a victim of a crime. And this idea of like what was supposed to happen that way, we can't really wrap our mind around it because we think, okay, generally speaking, you're supposed to live till you're old perfect world where we all live to a nice old age and we die peacefully in our sleep or maybe we fall ill, but that's expected at an older age. And then again, anything besides that dying in that way, the mind judges it as like, no, that wasn't supposed to happen. Something went wrong. And that just makes the experience more painful. And my belief in this is based on the reason I believe all the other things I believe on an intuitive heart, emotional level, it makes, it feels right to me. It makes sense. I don't think that the world is just random, meaningless chaos and like nothing means anything and there's no rhyme. I think there's a rhyme and a a rhyme and reason to everything that happens. There's a perfection to everything that happens that um, on a, the limited 
uh, consciousness that comes with being a human will never be privy to that full knowledge, uh, will never be privy to some uh, in detail, in-depth explanation of why we'll never be able to see that whole picture. We'll never be able to see fully that rhyme and reason because our consciousness is just kind of pared down into each of our human selves and there's there's limitations in that. And maybe we're not supposed to know. Sometimes I think about that too. Just because we want to know something or we feel like we need to know, it doesn't mean that, you know, we're, we're entitled to that knowledge or that there has to be a way to find it out then. Like we're maybe we're not supposed to understand it. That's not the, the I don't think the purpose here is, is to try to figure that out definitively or try to prove that. It's just having that faith and that intuitive resonance with certain ideas and letting those ideas guide how we live our life and guide our emotional responses to to the challenges that we face inevitably. So, yeah, to me, this is a very helpful perspective on dealing with death because again most of us short of an old person dying like really old person dying naturally or dying of some sort of decline which again is expected at that age at any any other point in life or any other way that someone dies there's a, it's so easy for the mind to be like no that should not have happened something went wrong this person should still be here and Maybe they're they're not supposed to, or else they would be. And again, from a human level, it's it's hard to see it with a child dying, or you know, a young person dying in the prime of their life, or the person that died after they just got married or just started their family. This young person and this, you know, on a human level, of course, all of these things feel tragic and it's sad. I mean, I'm very sad about what's happening with my mom, especially because I can't go see her. Um, I know that there are certain exceptions. I think with people at the end of their life, you might be able to go visit people. But if she has coronavirus, I will not be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to go there. And the thought of her dying alone in that hospital room, the thought of not being able to give her a proper goodbye, if that is what transpires, that's what's going to happen. And I can't do anything about it. And I have to accept that that's probably going to complicate my grieving process um, initially and maybe even farther down the line as well. And I just have to make peace with the how things are now and that I can't really do anything about it. But and this perspective is especially helpful with what's happening now, because like I said before, because this is an illness that never existed, it kind of came out of nowhere and it spread so fast. And it, it's something like this has never happened before, at least in the lifetime of most of the people that are living now, it's a new thing. And a lot of cultures and countries, uh, more modern developed countries, right? We're not used to dealing with stuff like this, this like, um, all of this death and this terrible, like all these health crises, like, and there's other parts of the world that a lot of stuff like this is very commonplace for them. So that's another reason too why it's so hard for a lot of people like in America and in similar countries, because we're not used to having, uh, witnessing this sort of suffering on this sort of scale. It's very new for us. And modern world in general and Western culture in particular, because I think generally we're not, uh, there's not a strong spiritual basis to our day-to-day -day life, um, our our day-to-day -day perspectives on things. We're not really connected in that way. Uh, we're not really connected to nature and the natural way of things. Uh, we have a discomfort of and denial of death that kind of borders on pathological. 
And it's extremely uncomfortable for us to deal with it. It's always been that way. But now we're being confronted with it in a way that is very new to us. And it's bringing up all of this stuff. And with all of the lockdowns and everything, of course, I get that this illness is maybe a higher hospitalization rate than like the flu, for example. I get that it's more contagious. So I get the lockdowns in terms of not wanting to overwhelm the healthcare system. Totally get that. But the way we're responding to it is about so much more than that. It's a manifestation of that like pathological, like discomfort and denial of death and this need to try to control the most uncontrollable aspect of our existence. It's stemming from this idea that death is the worst possible thing that could happen. It's the ultimate tragedy and we must do everything we can to make sure people don't die. Now, don't get me wrong. Of course, I'm for trying to minimize the impact. I understand trying to protect more vulnerable people. But a lot of the people that are dying from this illness, they're older and they're in poor health. They're at a stage of life where dying would be a very natural thing. It wouldn't be a shock. It wouldn't be like, oh my God, I can't believe that 87-year-old person died. And that's not to sound callous, but it just, again, it just speaks to, I think, this kind of pathological kind of, you know, this denial and discomfort with death that's very, very unhealthy. And... When we kind of, so if we take that idea and then we realize, okay, if we combine all this and we think about this belief of like believing everyone's meant to die when they're supposed to die, then a situation like this becomes less painful. We don't think it's some sort of terrible, of course, on a human level, we're still going to think it's very sad. Of course, a larger amount of people are dying in a shorter amount of time. We're seeing this not so much as an illness that's doing a natural thing that illnesses do. We see this as some sort of very specific type of event and there's a lot of emotion around it. So I understand it, but I hope that a situation like this does open up um, a, a more of a dialogue about death and exploring death and exploring our kind of dysfunctional relationship relationship to it. I remember I read an article about it in Newsweek called We Need to Talk About Death, which I highly recommend it. And it resonated so deeply because it really echoed a lot of the points that I've been talking about this whole time. And one of the lines in it was, uh, we used to have a very intimate relationship with death and now we're barely on speaking terms. And obviously a consequence of that is in modern world, right? All these medical advances are able to keep people alive longer. There's a lot of illnesses people have now that if they had them generations ago, they would not be alive. There was no, there was no, but now we have all these medications to manage things and keep illness at bay and all of this. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm against any sort of intervention in the natural course of life. I'm more for getting people clean drinking water and other uh, issues of improved hygiene. I'm all for reducing infant mortality. I'm all for finding a cure for cancer. I'm all for uh, if there's a, a medication or a procedure that could um, cure a disease that could let someone go on to live a healthy life. Absolutely. If someone has a life-threatening injury, I'm all for trying to fix it and, uh, you know, a life-threatening infection. Yes, give them antibiotics about that. So it's not about being totally against, you know, trying to prolong life and prevent death. Um, there's a lot of ways, like there are a lot of ways people die that it could be prevented and it's okay to, to try to, to fix these problems, but there's also a lot of ways that, that idea, but it's still being driven by this idea of trying to fight off death. And in some ways, right, it's led to many advancements that are good for people. It's good that babies maybe don't die as much. That's a good thing, right? But when we, but when we get older, where death is a more natural, uh, something that's a natural thing to occur at that stage of life, and we're pumping people full of medicines, and their quality of life is basically zero, they're frail, they're weak, they're sickly, but 
We're keeping them alive. It means we're winning. We're fighting off death for another day. And there have no quality of life. You know, it's, it makes me question like, you know, this, it, again, it kind of brings to light this kind of, this very unhealthy kind of relationship we have with death and our discomfort with it. And even the stuff I see with my mom, you know, the way she is now and a lot of the stuff that they're doing, I sometimes wonder like, you know, is it just, just let her be. And instead of trying to keep figuring out what's happening. And of course I'm all about, you know, making her more comfortable and reducing any pain she may have. But a lot of the stuff they're doing still, like I'm questioning, like if there, it's even something to even, try so hard to figure out, let's do another scan and see what's going on here and there. And I mean, I don't know, that's just me though. But I think, again, I think this situation, it's bringing um, us face to face with the thing that we're like most uncomfortable with in a way that we've never really had to face before. And it's going to, I think, have to have us on a global collective level, political level, the way we're responding to this. You know, I don't think long term, this is a sustainable solution, just shutting the world down to keep people from dying, to keep the thing to prevent the most unpreventable right aspect of our experience. But I, that's really, you know, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent there. But so my main point with this, this podcast was if you're struggling with death, there's a good chance that a lot of that's stemming from this idea that the death shouldn't have happened in some way. It came too soon. Something went wrong. It could have been prevented. And this person maybe could still be alive. They should still be alive. But if you believe that everyone transitions right when they're supposed to, you don't have to understand why my mom's journey, whenever it ends, I don't know what her journey here was. I don't know what she was here to do, but whenever that journey, that journey is going to end whenever it's supposed to end and nothing went wrong, whatever she dies from, I won't say, well, if she dies from the coronavirus, then something went wrong and she shouldn't have died of that. It's just, uh, obviously this perspective makes it easy to deal with a situation, right? When we're judging the circumstances as like, no, something has gone wrong. This person should not have died at this point in their life. They shouldn't have died that way. People should not, this thing came along and people are dying and this shouldn't be happening. And it's like, who are we to make that call? Like, right. We don't, again, I think there's a, a larger, larger, uh, things at play. There's a rhyme and a reason there's just, but again, on a human level, we can never come close to understanding it. So I hope you guys found this helpful. And for more content, information about my coaching and products, head on over to livelifemadeorder.com. Bye-bye.